Welcome back to Split Decision. This week on episode 16, we're going to preview UFC Vegas 80. Then we're going to draft our top five venues. From there, we'll preview our favorite football matchups this weekend. And then as always, we're going to finish up everything with the Q&A with an N. But first, don't forget to go to splitdecisionpod.com where you'll find all of our recent episodes, picks, merch, and more. Again, that is splitdecisionpod.com. All right, let's go. Okay, so let's move on to our preview of UFC Vegas 80 coming up this weekend at the Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to cover the whole main card. It's going to be six fights. And the first fight we will take a look at is the main card opener. Alexander the Great Ape Hernandez taking on Bill Senior Perfecto Algeo. Hernandez comes in with a 14-6 record overall, 2-3 and three in his last five. He did get a win his last fight out. It was in uh, February of this year against Jim Miller. He's taking on Senior Perfecto Algeo. Th- also, I'm... Not also. He's 3-2 and two in his last five. So a little bit better. He did win his last fight as well with a rear naked choke win. Both guys have been kind of up and down in the UFC. 6-5 and five for Hernandez, 4-3 and three for Algeo. So both guys are looking to make, uh, you know, kind of make a run, turn their career around. Not turn it around because neither of them are having horrible careers, but kind of take that next step. Right, start stacking wins instead of just kind of bouncing back and forth. Exactly. How do you think this fight goes? So I'm a... I'm a fan of Algeo in this fight. I think he's going to beat Hernandez, the slight underdog. Honestly, if Hernandez is going to win this one, I think he needs to control the pace. I think he's going to have to be adaptive to whatever Algeo can do because Algeo is very versatile. He strikes off and he's patient. But honestly, both fighters are good on the ground, good at grappling, good striking. I think it's going to be a close matchup, uh, but I think Bill Algeo wins. I agree with you. I think Algeo wins. One thing to take a look at, Hernandez, the last two fights he's lost have both been by finishes. A TKO and a sub, He lost his last two losses. Right. Algeo, his last two wins have both been finishes. Okay. So I think Algeo comes out, gets the win. I think Algeo gets the finish. Most likely by sub, but I could see him getting a TKO as well. Yeah, he Algeo does have seven sub victories, so it kind of does play into that... Uh, you know, narrative. All right, so the second fight of the main card in the light heavyweight division, we have Felipe Monstro Lenz taking on Ian the Hulk Kutilaba, probably Eon uh, with how it's spelled. So we got Lenz coming in 17 and 5, 9 KO wins, 4 submission wins, 4 decision wins, with Kutilaba coming in 17 and 9, 13 KO wins with 2 submission victories. I don't even have the uh, the decisions, but you can do the math on that. That would be uh, like four or three. Anyway. Two as well. There you go. So, uh, Lenz is perfect at light heavyweight through his three fights. He used to fight in heavyweight, dropped down to light heavyweight. Three and oh, as three you and said, in his last three fights. So, he's kind of, looks like he's kind of found his... Uh, Rhythm, found his weight class. Where he needs to be. I think dropping down, especially... If you find success, dropping down that weight class is going to help you realize your true, your full Especially power. Especially for a heavyweight, because it typically means like there's more just, fat. You're just taking it more serious, and you're getting in better shape. Right. We've seen a lot of fighters do that, and they a lot of times they get better. Hell, I think Cannonier he's going to dropped all the way from heavyweight to uh, 185 until he found his uh, right 
It's crazy. So, um, so Lynn's great for him there. Kudalaba coming in. He's always the aggressor, always looking to finish a fight quickly, almost always shoots a takedown, and he has a very high percentage of getting them. So he's an excited. He he's only six eight and one in the UFC, so he hasn't had the most success. But he's a guy. He brings the action. All his fights are going to be action. It's not going to be a boring fight. No, I agree. What do you think is going to happen? Man, I think Lenz has, as we've talked about, he kind of found his way. I think he comes in, he gets his fourth victory in a row. Uh, I just think, I, I just think he gets that victory. I think light heavyweight is where he needs to be. Right, I, I completely agree. I see I, with him as the underdog here, albeit slight. I definitely think he's going to win. I agree with you. I think Lenz is gonna go four and oh light heavyweight and continue you know in the right weight class for him all right so the next fight we're gonna take a look at drew dober the 26 and 12 american taking on ricky the gladiator glenn who comes in 22 7 with two draws drew dober three and two in his last five ufc fights but he is coming off of a first round tko loss to Fervola before that three straight wins one interesting thing i saw dober his last six wins all KO, TKO wins. So he's been bringing it lately. Yeah, well, I think every time we see a lightweight fight, we say it. I, I think so, too. Dober 12-8-1 in the UFC. He's been in the UFC since 2013, so this is his 10th year UFC. Ricky Glenn, he's also been in the UFC a while since 2016. Has not seen quite as much success as Drew Dober. He's 4-4-1 four, four and one overall in the UFC, so he's been real up and down. 2-2-1 two, two and one in his last five. His last two fights, he has not gotten a win in, so he's really looking to come in and get the win. I think this is going to be a case of two guys coming in, putting a, putting a show on. It's going to be fast-paced fight, a lot of heavy swinging. I just don't see how Drew Dober doesn't come in and get a knockout. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. With the money line favoring Drew Dober, I think it's like minus 450 right now. Yeah, Vegas has Dober as a huge, huge favorite. And mind you, this is Tuesday, so money hasn't even been able to affect the lines yet. So I agree. We have two left-handed, two southpaws fighting here. Drew Dober, Ricky Glenn, both longtime veterans in the UFC. Both guys coming off of first-round KO slash TKO losses, too. So right. it'll be interesting to see how they how you... It's always interesting to see how fighters respond after that. Yeah, it's, it, it is it is a tough, you know, tough response for sure. And both KOs, I believe, came this year, right? Yeah, uh, Ricky Glenn was in April, and I think Drew Dober was, I in, think was in February, February or March. March right. Yeah. Um, honestly, with Drew Dober, I think he's going to win early on in the fight, probably a first-round knockout. His biggest advantage is he can get you from range, but he can also knock you out while he's in the clinch. You know... Ricky Glenn does sport that same kind of thing, but we've seen Drew Dober have way more success with it in his time in the UFC. Drew Dober looks like his chin is made out of granite, too. Yeah, very strong chin. Strong chin. And no takedowns, I don't think, are going to be, you know, even a factor in this fight. Even if the fight were to go multiple rounds, I don't think either guy's favoring a takedown here, but I agree. Drew Dober for the W. All right, so for our next matchup, we have Alex. Let's guess the nickname. Probably the great something, right? The great white. There you go. Alex, the great Maybe white. Maybe the worst of the great nicknames. It's probably, he's, he might be one of the better of the great fighters, though. He is, but that's, the great white's not a great nickname. No. Uh, so we have Alex, the great white Morono, taking on Joaquin Numansa Buckley. Alex Morono is coming in 23-8 at eight in his career, finishing people 
different kinds of ways with six KOs, seven subs, nine decisions, and one of those weird others on there. Uh, Joaquin Buckley's won 16, fights lost six, only knocking out and dis- winning by decision. He never loses or wins by submission. 12 KO victories with four decisions. What do you think is going to happen in this fight, Christian? So I think these are two guys. Uh, Morano comes in. He's 4-1 and one in his last five in the UFC, 12-5-1 overall. So he's been in since 2016. He's been in the UFC for a while. Four UFC finishes, two subs, two KO. So as you said, he can do it either way. But it seems like decision is his favorite way to win, win fights. And he's taking on Buckley, who's 3-2 and two in his last five in the UFC, 6-4 and four overall uh, UFC-wise. He's a guy... He has so much talent, and he's so athletic, and you can see it when he fights. He's super flashy. He probably has one of the best highlight knockouts in UFC history when he had the spinning back head kick. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, crazy. it was crazy. The guy was holding his leg, and he spun around and kicked him with the other leg. One of the best highlights ever, but he's a guy. He's been super inconsistent in UFC, um, so it's always hard to see how Buckley's going to come out and fight. I think Morano, just with the experience, I think he comes in and gets the win. I think he can win more ways than Buckley can. So as long as he doesn't get KO'd, I think he probably wins this fight by decision. You know, I, I, I can't argue with anything there. I think we differ on the pick here, but you're not saying anything that, that doesn't hold true. Joaquin Buckley does stand a very good chance of getting a knockout victory here with his power. But if he isn't careful, I do believe Alex Morono can, you know, get this victory, you know, kind of stolen from him or stolen from Buckley due to Buckley having that kind of crazy performance style, being willing to go out there and, you know, take some hot shots to deal some damage as well. Yeah, I think the two outcomes of this fight are either Buckley with a highlight KO or Morano, probably by decision, and I, I'm leaning more towards Morano by decision. Cool. My pick is Buckley, so this is the first one we differed on so far, so good luck to you, sir. All right, so now let's move on to the co-main event of the evening. Joe Bodybags Pfeiffer taking on Abdul Razak. Al Hassan. Yep. Al Hassan, Judo Thunder. Two Americans. Pfeiffer comes in 11 and 2 overall. He has four straight wins, though, all four by KO, TKO. He's 2 and 0, 2 and 0 in the UFC. Both UFC wins are first round TKO wins. So he's a guy that comes out and he has delivered. He's taken on uh, Al Hassan, Judo Thunder. 2 and 3 in his last five. Six and four overall in the UFC, so he's kind of been up and down, but he is coming off of an impressive second-round KO win. So he's coming in to try to ride that momentum. Right. But he's taking on a guy that seems, by all accounts, to be a guy on the rise, a guy to look out for, an exciting fighter in Pfeiffer. I, I wholeheartedly agree, dude. Pfeiffer is an adept striker. He can handle it on the ground as well. Although, you know, at 185, you, you kind of have a mix of fighters who like Al Hassan never want to finish it on the ground and you have a couple fighters who will. Yeah, it's yeah. good to have a background regardless. You need to be able to defend yourself. You need to be able to at least, you know, contend on the ground if you're put in that position. Al Hassan's another one of those guys just like Buckley. Never been subbed, never subbed anybody. In fact, he has 12 career wins as a professional. All 12 of them are KO, TKO. Never even won on the scorecard. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Look, if you put... Pfeiffer's abilities mixed with his aggressiveness, I think it's pretty much destined to be an explosive fight. I don't see this one ending by decision. I think both guys are going to come out here swinging, going at it strong, but I think Pfeiffer, given you know his just domination, is going to show the reason for his nickname, Body Bags, and I think he's going to take out Al Hassan, 
you know, this Saturday. Yeah, I got body bags winning this fight. I think he comes in, he gets another, his fifth straight TKO, KO win. I think he moves to 3-0 and in the UFC, and I think there's a good chance he gets his third straight UFC first round knockout win. I'd be here for it. Our main event for UFC Vegas 80 is Grant KGD Dawson taking on Bobby King Green. Grant Dawson's only loss was in 2016, and since then, he's had one little blemish and one, you know, controversial win. Yeah, he hasn't lost in the uh, UFC. Eight wins, zero losses, one uh, draw. Very solid. He had the draw to Ricky Glenn in 2021. And the controversial split decision win over... uh, Madsen. Madsen. Right. Nothing wrong with any of that. I mean, judges saw it one way. Fans, Some fans saw it the other. If you're a Grant Dawson fan, I bet you you thought he won, though. <laughs> right? I'm sure Grant thought he won. There you go. So, look, Grant's a powerful wrestler. He has great cardio. He's very durable. And Bobby Green is as well. He has great defense, powerful striking. He can get it done a multitude of ways, just like Dawson. The difference here, I think Dawson is more poised. I think he's more patient. And I think he doesn't kind of use the shit talking necessarily to fuel his anger for the the yeah. Know, the Bobby fight. Green's a showman, right? He's been in the UFC since 2013. So again, he's another guy. Almost uh, 11 I years think just in the like league. Dober, we said. Yeah, 10 Drew years. Dober. He's 11 wins, nine losses, one draw, one no contest in the UFC. So he's been kind of up and down, but he's literally fought everybody. He's fought Islam Makachev, the champ. He's fought Dustin Poirier, Edson Barbosa. Clay Guida, his last fight, he beat Tony Ferguson. He's fought Drew Dober. He's fought Fizev. So he's a guy, he's seen everything, really, in the octagon. Everything that you can see, he's seen. And he's been, you know, he's been beaten every kind of way, so he's been able to come back from every type of defeat as well. So, you know, not completely, you know, sleeping on Bobby Green. He is still that dude. He's still that dude, and honestly, with the odds, I think he's like, what, plus... Plus 380? or Plus 300, I'm sorry. It's not crazy to think he could win this fight. I don't think he wins the fight. I think Grant Dawson comes in, and I think he kind of does his thing. Probably, if I had to guess, wins this fight by decision, Grant Dawson. But I could see him submitting Bobby Green. Um, but I think it's going to be closer than than the odds uh, suggest. Yeah, I agree. I think Grant Dawson's definitely going to win this fight. I think it will be a closer matchup than the than the lines suggest, at least at this point. But we've also seen lines move a lot closer to the fight day, so... I'll definitely be keeping an eye out on it, but I do think it will be a closer fight than, you know, than it looks as of now. All right, so let's jump into our top five this week. This one is kind of themed. Since we're back in Vegas, we're going to do the top five venues, our top five venues. Vegas has probably some of the best venues, um, some famous venues yeah, in America, famous. in the world. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. And again, this is our third week, I think, doing the draft uh, format. So we can't have the same picks. We're going to go back and forth, do a snake draft, uh, get our top five. Then you can vote on on all of our socials to see who has the better top five. So I think this week it's my turn to go first. Yes, sir. And I, I suggested this top five with my number one pick in, in mind. That's actually very smart. What's your pick? Well, my pick, this is a venue that just this week, it's been kind of in the news the past few months, but just this week it opened. And some of the images and videos that came out this week of this venue, the inside of it, were just absolutely mind-blowing. 
Yeah, you got a good pick. So my number one is going to be the Vegas Sphere. This thing, inside and out, is just all screens, all visuals. It looks like... It looks like a spaceship. It looks like a spaceship. It looks like anything you want. They can make it look like anything they want. The most terrifying thing would be an eyeball. They do have that eyeball. They do sometimes. That's freaky. I, I know during the summer, during NBA Summer League, they had it as a basketball, and it looked like just a giant basketball in the middle of Las Vegas. Right. I mean, it is so cool. There's endless possibilities. They're already talking about doing more around the world. I think London. Yeah, they, I saw that post today. They're, they're, they're planning, and it's confirmed, they will be at a sphere in London. So Sphere, I think one of the most innovative, one of the most unique, coolest venues in the world. So Sphere, the Vegas Sphere, my number one pick. That is a very solid, solid, solid pick. I, I like it. Honestly, it wasn't the first thing to come to mind just because it's, it's very new. You know, it's they've only had, U2's the only thing that's been there. I think they did opening weekend there. Yeah, why do they get to win? I don't know, but it made me even like U2 a lot. Right, like I'd go see you. I'd go see anyone there. So, good pick. Uh, my first pick is an iconic stadium or venue. Sorry, not stadium. Um, iconic stadium. You know, it's Madison Square Garden. Oh, I had that one on my pick. You know, it's, it's... I had that one on my list. Name droppable in any... I mean, the uh, its motto is the world's most famous arena. Right. So... Everybody who's anybody has played there. It's been across for decades. Just a great, iconic. You know, an venue. interesting thing: the guy that owns MSG and the like, the New York Knicks and New York Rangers, right. is actually the guy that owns the Sphere. Well, this dude is a genius. Do you know his name by chance? James Dolan. He's an asshole, and everybody hates him. Shout but. out James Dolan, you big old asshole with good ideas. So MSG, I think that's a good number one pick. All right. So it's Snake. So you get your number two now. Oh, man. Listen. My number two, I'm going back with another iconic venue. Reason I'm going with this one is throughout history, it may not be used as much as a venue anymore. I think you're taking my number two pick. But it's such a solid venue that... The Coliseum will always... God damn it, that was my number two. Okay, so that's why I told you before that I had, like, you know, some things that could be venues, but it's, like, more historic. This, this is it. The Coliseum is just a fantastic venue. It's a piece of history. I would just want to go there. You know, not even see anybody perform, fight. I know they don't do that anymore. That's great, but I just want to see it. That would be crazy and awesome. So, second pick, the Coliseum. What you got? That's a good pick, and I'm kind of upset because that I had that as my uh, my Dude, number two. If you had the sphere and the Coliseum, that's that's hard to come back from. That is hard to come back from. So I'm gonna go kind of a uh, you know what I'm gonna go historic too. Not quite as historic as yours. Okay. But this is if you're a world uh, football fan, not American football. This is probably. Outside of America, the most famous stadium in the world, I'm going Wembley Stadium in London. It's been around forever. This is actually the second Wembley Stadium, kind of like MSG. They've had a couple named Wembley that keep just, like, getting better. Yeah, they, they tear it down, build another one, kind of like the, what they did with MSG, as I said. Right. I think this is the second one. It's been around for a while. Wembley Stadium, it's huge. It's hosted all kind of crazy events, concerts, uh, 
football games, American football games, and huge soccer games. Uh, so Wembley Stadium, my number two. Yeah, my, my favorite um, live show, so I've, I was not born to see it live, but it's a YouTube video that I'm able to watch. It was at Wembley Stadium. It was the 1985 Live Aid where yeah. uh, Queen performed. Exactly. It was, I mean, just every time you can watch it now, it still brings you chills. It's crazy. So that's your second pick. So Wembley that's my Stadium. second one. For number three? So now I got to go number three, and now you kind of got me. I know. It's like a thinker now. It's a thinker. And I'm going to go one that I think I think people will resonate with. I'm going to go Fenway Park in Boston. That was my third pick. Nice. I, it would have been. One of the oldest uh, stadiums in Major League Baseball. One of the oldest continuous stadiums that's probably used in the world right now. Uh, it's so unique. I mean, everybody sees the wall, the green monster, and you know instantly what you're talking about. Right. It's hosted. I mean, the Red Sox are one of the most historic franchises, not only in baseball, but in American professional sports, period. They have one of the biggest rivalries against the the Yankees. Three decades. They hold concerts there, which are supposed to be awesome. Uh, Fenway Park, it's right in the middle of the city, which I think not a lot of American stadiums are, so it kind of gives it that little extra. uh, Yeah, it's all too often that the the arenas and stadiums are in kind of like the boonies, right? Yeah, well, especially nowadays because they're starting to build these giant super stadiums and there's no room in, inside of cities. Right. So Fenway Park, my number three. What's your number three? That is a great number three, just saying. I had uh, I had that as my – would have been my pick for number three for pretty much every every reason you stated. So uh, bully to you. Um, my number three, honestly, I think I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I didn't have them. I did not have it on my list, but that's not a bad pick. It's the home of the Indy 500, in my opinion. You know, one of the the biggest viewed. Or I know. I know it is one of the biggest viewed races. It's but, one of the most historic auto races of all time. Definitely. In my opinion, it's better than the Talladega, just because it's where my favorite football team plays. So I'm gonna just take it with that one. Uh, but yeah, my number three, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, home of the Indy 500, and number four. Man, I think I got to go with the TCL Chinese Theater for my number four. What? <laughs> right. I know it's weird, but it's another one of those historical, iconic things. It's been in numerous movies. If you go to Hollywood and you see it, you know exactly what it is. It's been in anything from comedies to dramas to romances to Marvel movies and in between. Just a great, iconic theater. Not used as much for that same thing anymore, but it got its iconicness from playing shows and such back in the day. I'll take your word for that one. Cool. So what are we on? Number, my number four? Your number four. So my number four, this is one of the, uh, especially recently, it's become one of the best, I would say within the past 10 years, most iconic music venues in America, especially. I've, e- I've even seen some comedians perform here. I'm going Red Rocks, the Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's in Colorado. That's a nice one. That's I mean, it's take. awesome because not only is it it's an amphitheater and it's great, but with the nature and everything, I mean, it kind of just sets itself apart. Bill Burr it's, played there a couple years ago. Bill Burr has played there. A lot of big bands have played there. I saw, I think, Corn. Theo has played there. Yeah. Uh, Burt Kreischer. Bunch of good people. At I Red mean, Rocks. it's a cool place. I think it's a place uh, almost everybody that likes kind of live performances has that on their list of like I gotta go see something there. Right, I gotta I gotta be there at a show. That's a that's a very good pick. So Red Rocks is my number four. 
And finishing up for your number five, what you got? So my number five, I got to go. You stole last week. You stole my favorite team and my favorite player. Damn. Sorry about it. In top five SEC things. And you did it on purpose, and I hate you for it. Wholeheartedly on purpose. I'll agree. So for my number five, I'm going my favorite stadium. I'm going LSU's Tiger Stadium. The loudest stadium in America, I believe, in college football. They've literally had earthquakes occur there. Right. They, they were measurable. I've, I've heard that before. Over 100,000. When it's a good game at night and LSU's good, it's one of the best stadiums you can be in, best atmospheres. It's loud. It's intimidating. Old has a lot of history to it, but also they've been renovating it, so it's nice. It's called nickname Death Valley, right? Nickname Death Valley. Pretty sick nickname for a stadium. Pretty sick nickname. I, I got to go LSU Tiger Stadium, my number five. That's a great fifth pick. Mine, my fifth pick's kind of silly, but it's another iconic venue. Um, I don't know. I've been on a real big, just not real kick lately. I think I was telling you that last week. Uh, so my fifth pick is actually going to be the most Isley Cantina. That's where they play the Star Wars uh, band music. Like from the first Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> the that one. Uh, so, yeah, that's my fifth pick. The most Isley Cantina. I've been on a real big Star Wars kick lately. I just rewatched the movie. And when I just heard them playing that song after we talked about venues, I was like, ah, a bunch of people went there apparently. So my fifth pick would be the most Isley Cantina. No comment on that. All right, fine. So just to recap my top five, I got the Vegas Sphere. I got Wembley Stadium. I got Fenway Park, Red Rocks Amphitheater. Try to say it. And Tiger Stadium. And for me, I have Madison Square Garden, the Coliseum, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the TCL Chinese Theater, and the Mos Eisley Cantina. Yeah, so we're going to throw that up on all of our uh, socials with a poll. Vote who you think's the best. I think it's pretty obvious in this who's the best list, but we'll let the people decide. All right, so to kick off week six of our favorite college football games, first one we have covering is the ranked 23 LSU Tigers versus the ranked 21 Missouri Tigers. How do you see this game going, Christian? Yeah, this is, I'm a huge LSU fan. Right now, they have the number four offense in the country. LSU? LSU. But the 117th out of 130th defense. That is wild. The last game was probably, I've been following LSU my whole life, maybe one of the most frustrating LSU games I've ever watched, where we were literally scoring on every possession, but so was Ole Miss. Right. And we ended up losing by a touchdown, pretty much. Yeah. Um, Missouri, they're 5-0. and LSU's 3-2. and Missouri comes in 5-0. and this is a big SEC game, 11 a.m. on the road for LSU going to Missouri. That's always tough. I'm not going to pick against LSU, so LSU is my pick in this, but this is going to be a very tough game for them. Well, look, LSU's on the road. They're favored by 6.5 currently with the over-under of 63.5. As I you think said, it's definitely going to be more than 63.5. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Right. As you said, LSU has shown not – really even a heartbeat of defense so far this season but has shown so much offense it it's like there's two different teams playing on the field it's incredible but i side with you i pick lsu although 
that Rocky showing against Ole Miss last week, it makes me worry. But I stick with them. LSU for the pick. Yeah, so the next one I think we're going to cover, uh, OU, Oklahoma, Red River, Red River Showdown against the Texas Longhorns. This is one of the biggest rivalries in the country. They always play at a neutral site in Dallas. Both teams come in ranked. Both teams come coming undefeated. I believe Texas number three, OU number 12. Right. Uh, both teams 5-0. and oh. I think this is going to be a great game. It's also at 11 a.m. our time, Central Time. So it's kind of an early game. I honestly think this could go either way, but I'm leaning Texas. I think Texas gets it done. I lean Texas as well. On this one, I, I read that both teams so far this season are allowing under 15 points a game, which is crazy. You know, yeah, I think Texas uh, has the most impressive win maybe of the season right now at going to Alabama and getting a win. Yeah, that so when you win against Alabama, keep, that not even just against Alabama, going to Tuscaloosa and getting a win, that's impressive. And by uh, double digits. I agree. I think the Texas win, they won by double digits against Ten Alabama. 10 points. It was 34-24. Damn. Nick Saban's worst home loss since he's been the coach at Alabama. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, look, say that again, and I'm going Texas all the way. Texas is favored, minus 250 on the money line, favored by 6.5. Again, we have an over-under of 60.5. I think Texas may not win by 6.5, but I think that over is definitely going to hit. I don't know. You said the defense, both defenses are pretty good, so it, you never know. I don't know anything about college either, so we'll see. What's the next game we got? I think the next one, uh, Alabama, Texas A&M. This one's surprising. Alabama, it comes in, they're 4-1. and one. I believe they're ranked, what, number 10, 11? 11. 11. They're taking on Texas A&M, who's also 4-1, and one, but they're unranked. They're playing in college station, so at Texas A&M, but... Alabama obviously favored, as you would think, but not favored by as much as a lot of people think. The money line was only minus 135, which is surprising given it's Alabama versus Texas A&M, although Texas A&M does usually give Alabama a pretty tough test. So that was actually what I was going to ask. Is this one of the tough, toughest matchups of the year for both teams? Texas A&M for sure. Uh, usually A&M has played Alabama pretty well. I think they beat them. It was either last year or the year before. Uh, in Or the last time they were in College Station, they beat them. Okay. Um, I just think Nick Saban, they had the early season loss already. I'm not saying they're not going to lose. They're going to win the rest of their games the rest of the season, but I just don't think they lose this game. I think they go in. He's going to have the guys right. I think they, they beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M isn't great this year. They lost their starting quarterback, I think, uh, a week or two ago for the season. Wow, that's, that's rough. So I'm going to go Bama. I think they get it done. I agree, dude. Honestly, what I have written down on my paper here is what does Nick Saban do? He always finds a way. You know, if, like you said, if he loses, he's not losing. He's not going to have a losing season. It may be a loss for the program because he's not going to go to the playoffs or a national championship or whatever, but his record will not be a loss. Jalen Milrow, that's the quarterback coming out this weekend, right? That's the quarterback. Right. He's, he's kind of solidified himself as their quarterback. He's got to figure it out, but I do think Bama is going to win this weekend again. Over under a 49 and a half. Bama favored by two and a half at home. This no, should be at, at or I'm road. sorry, at, at uh, College Station. Bama favored on the money line. I think we keep it that way. Like I said, Nick Saban finds a way. All right, so the next one we're going to cover, this is a big SEC matchup, big SEC East matchup. The Georgia Bulldogs. Number one overall. Number one overall, but coming off 
not a great performance against Auburn. They ended up pulling out the win, but it was not pretty. Yeah, they were favored by like 21 and a half. And they, and they won by seven. Yeah, that's not good because Auburn isn't that good either. Auburn's not very good this year, but they're taking on the Kentucky Wildcats, who come in undefeated, coming off an impressive dominating win over the Florida Gators. Uh, kind of put Billy Napier back on the hot seat. Our guy, Billy Napier from Lafayette, our coach at UL, so we're, we're fans of him. Shout Kentucky, out ULL. Kentucky, part of my French, beat the shit out of Florida. Their running back ran for like 270 yards or something. It was something crazy like that. I would love for Kentucky to come in and get this win. I'm pulling for Kentucky to get this win, but I think Georgia's going to have an improved performance. I think the Bulldogs is the reason they've won two straight national championships. Um, I think Georgia gets it done. So I have a question, just because I'm not as familiar with college football. Is Brock Bowers that dude? Brock Bowers is that dude. Okay. So if that's the case, that, that was really all I needed to make my decision. He's on a my tight pick. end, but he's really like a receiver tight end. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So for him to catch, kind of go nuclear like he did last week. Well, he did. The thing is, he wasn't. They were holding him in check until the end, and then he went off. Right, but he's the he sole won the game. reason he, they he held realized, Alabama off. He realized... Hey, I got to step up. He pretty much was like, all right, I'm going to carry the team on back at this dub. Right. And he did. And he did. That's what I wanted to know. The Wildcats, if they're going to win this game, they're going to get the upset. They need to take the ball first. They need to score early, get momentum on their side. Their key to the game is running the ball and pretty much having possession of the ball. Right. Get the ball first. Don't give Georgia a chance to go down and get a quick score and get your defense tired early. No, you need to get the ball control the clock even so i think georgia wins but i think that is the best key for kentucky to get out there and at least attempt a victory on sunday or saturday sorry all right so the last college game we're going to cover before we jump to week five of the let NFL. me say it let me say it let me say it the dame he means the notre dame fighting irish there we go taking on the louisville cardinals um, what is the what are the rankings for either team? So we got Notre Dame ranked ten, five and one because they played week zero. That played still doesn't zero. make any sense to me. Uh, and Louisville only loss is a literally a last second loss to Ohio State. Dude, I do they rank to twenty five? Because Louisville I can't is, read my damn handwriting. Louisville's twenty five. All right, cool. So uh, they're five and zero oh as well. Coming off of a, a Friday night win over NC State last week. Wasn't pretty, but they, they figured out a way to get it done on the road. Hey, a W is a W. It doesn't matter how you get it, in my opinion, as long as that goes on the, on the you know, record column. Um, you have Notre Dame cover, favored by six and a half. Notre Dame got, I bet on them last week, minus five and a half, and they won by seven. Man, they barely won by seven. They it took barely them at the won. end of the game to get that one. They like to leave it late. They lost late to Ohio State. They won late against Duke. Not a huge over here. Over, over under 53 and a half. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – I'm thinking uh, – I got Notre Dame winning. I'm thinking it's going to be like a 24-10, 24-14 win. Uh, the Cardinals are also 3-0 and in the ACC. Is that the Atlantic Coast Conference? The Atlantic Coast Conference. Damn, Correct. I'm getting better. And I got the conference right, even though I wrote it down. But the Atlantic Coast the Conference. The Pac-12 thing, I just decided to Atlantic Coast that. Conference, and they're adding next year California and Stanford and Southern Methodist, which is in Dallas, Texas. So some not coast, and then some – Pacific Coast? Correct. Smart. I mean, Louisville is not really a coastal city, That's true. if you think about it. Yeah, but I had to give them that because they're not being added in 2023. So, anyway, I picked Notre Dame as well. I think they, uh, they're going to cover because they covered five times this season. Out of six games, the only time they didn't cover is when they lost. So. I think the, uh, the saying is, a good coach wins 
a great, great coach, coach covers. covers. Yeah. Put that on a shirt. Marcus Freeman, I like him as their coach. I think they cover. All right, so let's jump to week five of the NFL now. Again, we're going to cover uh, pretty much the top five games. I think we're going to uh, – last week we made the mistake of covering each of our favorite teams. They both lost. And they then both, our joint favorite team of the Bengals, and they – And they lost. Jesus. Uh, hear so more yeah, about and that. None of those teams are very good. So we're only covering the good teams and good matchups this week. The first one is going to be – Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me reword that. We're only covering our favorite matchups this week. Yes. And the first <laughs> one is going to be – in London, second straight London game for the Jaguars, and are hosting the Buffalo Bills. Shout out to London. They finally get to see a good team. At least the Bills, one of the best teams in the NFL, is going to go show off there. Are the jet-lagged Bills going to be good enough to beat the, I guess, home team London Jaguars this, this counted, time? I'm pretty sure this counts as a home game for the Jags. Jags coming off their most impressive performance of the season. The Toy Story game. The Toy Story game, but it was against the Falcons, who played like atrocious uh, dude they're children absolute, yeah they played like andy playing everybody with except toys. for b john robinson on that team is not that good it was an absolute travesty to watch and the, the bills coming off probably the most impressive win in the nfl this season Trumping the dolphins demolishing the dolphins yeah it was very very um, good i think the bills come in i think they it's probably going to be a little it's it's the nfl they're not going to come in and blow teams out week in and week out so I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think the Bills uh, get it done. Josh Allen seems like after his first week where he uh, he even said it was my fault that we lost and they lost that game against the Jets. Uh, since then, he's been balling out. Stephon, Stephon Diggs. Diggs has been balling out. Their defense has been balling out. The whole team seems motivated. I think the Bills get it done. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you have a quarterback like Josh Allen who can consistently pass the ball well, who can run the ball, take a hit when he has to, he doesn't need. He loves a, to take hits. He doesn't need a play like the tush push with the Eagles to get the fourth down. He gets the body going. I agree with you. I think the Bills are going to win. They're favored by five and a half technically on the road, with an over under of forty nine points. I think the Bills win. I don't know if they cover just yet. I want to take a quick, you know, longer look at it before I decide there. All next, right. So the, oh, go ahead. The next one is we're going to cover it. maybe the most intense rivalry in the NFL, Ravens-Steelers. Uh, Steelers coming off a pitiful, pitiful performance in their last game. Um, right, it's like there's 16 good teams and 16 bad teams this Yeah, it's season. very, very strange. There's teams that are just playing absolutely horrible. The right. Steelers are one of them. Kenny Pickett's really struggling. Their offense is struggling. And they're taking on the Ravens, who... They haven't been doing that great either, but it they're feels like they're starting one, to click though, a little bit. Three and one, nobody's really talking about them, which I think is a good thing for them. That's the common Kirk Cousins thing with the Vikings is nobody's talking about them. They're quietly good. I guess but not I think the season. Ravens and Lamar Jackson are better than the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Now, well, is that have anything year. to do with, you know, Lamar Jackson finally figuring out how to pass the ball accurately a little bit better? That's or a good is it thing. because I he has some weapons with Zay Flowers and people like that? Probably a little bit of both. And I think the Ravens, I think they are, they're fu not just the Ravens, but Lamar Jackson, really, as you just said. Yeah. He's figuring out how to effectively play his, NFL quarterback and win games. In his style. You know, that's, that's one of the things people kind of have been complaining about with the Bears is, you know, at the end of last season, Justin Fields kind of showed out. And then they, they yeah, come but not right really. Back. They don't win games. Every no, time he shows out, quote unquote, they get, they, 
they, they still lose. get blown out. But they need to let the quarterback figure out how to play in his style as well as adhering to what the coach wants. Yeah, but that's blasphemy to compare Justin Fields to, to Lamar Jackson. Not preseason, it wouldn't have been. Uh, I mean, preseason... Yeah, you're right. What does that mean? Fair enough. I picked the Ravens over the Steelers. I think they will cover three and a half here, even though it's a big rivalry. The over-under on this game is only 38. Yes, because the Steelers' offense is so god-awful. It I, probably is going to be an under game with the Steelers losing, what, like 17-3? to 17-6. There you go. But yeah, I got the, Steel- I got the uh, Ravens as well. Did I say the Ravens? I meant the Ravens if I didn't. So Ravens, we both agree Ravens getting the dub. The next game we're going to cover is a team, the L.A. Rams. I really don't know what to think about them. They're not that good, but they've won a couple games, but they've also looked horrible in a couple games, and they're taking on the Eagles, who haven't really hit their stride yet, but they're 4-0, and they look like a team that is poised to make another Super Bowl run, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. The Eagles unstoppable on fourth and short yeah the uh you mentioned it while we covered the bills the the, the tush, tush push, push. i mean that un ungodly maybe play. the best offensive line in the nfl and uh jalen hurts is probably the strongest quarterback in the nfl he he squats like 600 pounds dude that's that's absolutely insane i don't think he needs the tush push to be quite honest with you it I, doesn't hurt no i i definitely don't think it hurts but i do think the Eagles are going to beat the Rams. There's something been different since the Rams won the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford. I it's know like Cups they sold hurt. their soul to the devil and like they're not having to pay for it for the next yeah, twenty not years be good. or something. Like I, I don't know. Maybe this is my other theory. Maybe it has something to do with the whitest team in NFL. Matt Stafford only throws it to white receivers historically. It's the weirdest but stat. Cooper Cup is hurt. He's not playing. Yeah, but he's replaced him with. Yeah, that guy's pretty much white. You're right. It's yeah. it's weird. The I top, think he's more like Samoan, maybe. The number His name's one like guy. Puka. The number one guy for Matt Stafford has always just been a white dude. It's Calvin Johnson, weird. not white. Only a couple years. Only a couple years. What are you talking about? And Matt Stafford has been in the league for like 15. Calvin Johnson has been was his best receiver for most of his career. No, no. Yes, man. look up. Yeah, look up the stats. Calvin Johnson has been retired for like 30 years at this point. <laughs> Calvin Johnson, I guarantee, is Matt Stafford's like all-time best receiver. He probably is, except for Cooper and, Cup is a, a far by second. Now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, the Rams, I think, are going to get absolutely torched here. Over under 50 and a half. What do you think happens on it? We keep going under in these NFL games, so I'm going to go over on this one. I think the Eagles win. I think it's like something 31, 24, something like that. Okay, that's cool. I like it. We both agree Eagles over the Rams. Chiefs versus Vikings. This is a complete opposite like record matchup. Colors. This is going to be a dog wash. Dog walk. Of it's a in Minnesota, so I'm not going to say that. I think it's going to end up being a close game. The Chiefs haven't looked great. I think this Taylor Swift thing, honestly, has kind of been a distraction. They did not look good against the Jets. No, but doesn't matter. They find ways to win. They I find think, ways to win against the Jets and Zach Wilson. Even though, shout out, Zach Wilson went off. He best game of his career. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Best game of his career. That was life so far. He knew Taylor Swift was in the building. He had the ball out. Okay. He knew... Not that she was in the building, but he knew there were some people watching. Dude, no. Zach Wilson knew Donna Kelsey was in the building. He was playing for her heart. He wanted to holla at that girl after the game so bad 
He had he wasn't looking at Taylor Swift. He's going for Kelsey's mom. So I think maybe he's a big Wolverine fan. He could be. I think the Vikings are absolutely atrocious. Kirk Cousins is on his last year with the Vikings. I don't think they're that bad. They're losing games, but it's just like they were last last year. They were losing close games or winning close games this year. They're just losing them. Right. So I think this is going to be a close game. I think they lose it, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Do you think the Chiefs are going to cover five and a half? No, I think it's a three-point Chiefs win. I'm going to go like 24-21 Chiefs. 24-21, that is the under if that happens because the over-under is 53. There we go. And I don't think Taylor Swift makes it out to Minneapolis. I think she's got a tour date right around the corner. We'll see. All right, last game, what we got? Sunday night football, one of the biggest rivalry, historical rivalries in the NFL, Cowboys 49ers, two of the hottest teams in the NFL. I think the 49ers, I think the Cowboys are going to Cowboy in this game. I think 49ers, they're on a roll. Christian McCaffrey is just unstoppable right now. So is, is this the game where he doesn't get the touchdown finally, or is this the game where he gets he extends the streak again? Dallas is arguably the toughest defense in the NFL this year, at least so far, not allowing hardly any points against them. I don't know what to think of this one. Whole, like this, this is a tough one, dude. The Niners are favored by three and a half. They're at home, so that pretty much just gives them a half point favorite. Over under a forty-five suggests it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a low scoring. I'm thinking like a twenty-one seventeen game. Who who do you have winning? I think I got the Niners. This I one, don't think Dallas is going to go to San Francisco. If it was in Dallas. You think you take the home team kind of no matter what on this matchup? Well, I take that back, though, because if it was in Dallas, the last time the Niners played in Dallas, they had arguably more fans in Dallas than the Cowboys. They travel very well. Um, A big problem for me with Dallas is no matter how good they are any year, they find ways to win weird games on the road and lose weird games at home. Well, the problem is their stadium is such a destination to go to. Yeah, everybody goes That everybody's like. Oh, my team's playing in Dallas this year. I'm going to go to that game. And it's a pretty good central park. I mean, and it's a it, good central park, big airport, easy to get to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the 49ers, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's probably going to be the best game of this uh, weekend. I love it when Sunday night football and the prime, not only Sunday night football, but like the primetime games yeah. are actually like the best matchups of the weekend. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, and you're usually not disappointed with a bad football game where, like, Thursday night Thursday night is Washington versus Chicago. Right. I'm going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's football. I'm there. But it's not going to be the most exciting or my favorite game ever. But, yeah, I think the 49ers get it done. I think they – you said three and a half was the – Three and a half is the line. Yeah, so I think they they win by four. I'm going to say 21-17, 49ers. McCaffrey gets a touchdown. Brock Purdy uh, balls out. All right, I agree. I think the 49ers are going to win, but I'm leaving it at that. I can't say further because I I don't know, man. Christian McCaffrey riding that lightning on a touchdown streak like that is, is hard, especially playing a defense like Dallas. I guess we'll see Sunday night. All right, so let's move on to the bet, bets and picks segment. Uh, we're going to start off by recapping how we did last week in our bets and picks. Remember, last week we just did football because there was no UFC. And then we'll go over our our new bets for this week, uh, which are going to be both MMA and uh, football. So how'd you do last week in your picks, Alex? We did 10 uh, total picks, five college, five NFL. I did 40%, four and six for me overall. 
Oof. It was bad. I, uh, man, I picked LSU. I picked the Utes. Both yeah, of I think those we got... both we both got those. So I think we had the same college picks, right? Right. We had LSU, Utah, USC, Texas, and the Dame. And Notre Dame. So we got we lost the first two with Utah and LSU, and then won the the last three you named. Bro, and then going on to NFL because there were no UFC. These were my picks in order. We right? had the same picks except for Buffalo, Miami, which right. I picked Buffalo. Thank God. I picked the Colts, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and then the Chiefs. I went one and five, one and or four. one and four, one out of five in NFL. Yeah, so I went two and three NFL, which uh, isn't much better. It just feels well. Yeah, much it feels better. better. Sure. Five and five overall for me, four and six overall for you. So not the best week for either of us. I thought for football we would do better because we've kind of, at least I've been on a little slide lately. Happy, yeah. I'm happy I didn't go under five hundred, under fifty percent, but. I, I was hoping better for five and, than five and five. Definitely got to pick that stuff up continued. So that's cool. Uh, fin- brought us up to the season standing 69, 35, and one for my picks. Christian, you got 64, 40, and one. That will be your third week in a row beating me on, or tying me or beating me on picks. So great for you. Um, moving on to like bets. How'd you do on bets last week? So we did five bets last week. Five total off bets. football. I did three wins, two losses. My two losses, same. Bengals money line and Malik Neighbors anytime touchdown for LSU. Everybody on LSU's team scored a touchdown except for Malik Neighbors somehow. I feel like if you wouldn't have put that bet, everything else would have changed for LSU. Yeah, I feel like it's my fault. I don't know why I keep bet I do that. Dude, I had a fourteen or fifteen leg parlay, just you know, for shits and giggles, all heavy favorites on college games. The only one where I didn't pick a heavy favorite was the LSU game, and they lost to Ole Miss. Yeah, Crippling. it was tough. But my three wins, three betting wins, I had Notre Dame minus five and a half. We talked about it in our football segment. They They've won. covered five out of six games this season. They won late with a, uh, by seven points. I had Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. He scored four of them. That's crazy. And then I had the Cowboys money line. They beat the shit. Out of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick's worst loss as a head coach, 38-3. That was his worst? His biggest deficit as a head coach. Has he ever been blown out completely? You mean shutout? Shutout, yeah. Yeah, they lost. Uh, it like was the year they won the Super Bowl. It was 31-0 to the Bills to open the year. And that, I guess, would have been the largest deficit till this past yeah. Sunday. Damn, crazy. How'd you do in, in bets? I did 3-2 three and oh, three and two as well. I uh, I picked Utah Utes money line, LSU money line. Those two lost for me, um, as we know, because college picks weren't that great. Uh, but I did win Vikings covering, even though they lost, so that was nice. Oh, no, they, I'm sorry. They, they, they beat the Panthers. Yeah. They're just bad. Both um, teams are just bad. Dolphins versus Bills. I thought it was pretty obvious that the over was going to hit. That over hit by the first half. By the end of the first half, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 48-20 was the final, I believe. Yeah, it was nuts. And they didn't score much in the second half. Um, And then Texas money line over the Steelers because the Steelers are just trash. So pretty much covered that. 3-2 on bets, uh, moving me to 31-23-2 on bets. And Christian, that moves you to 30-26 on bets. So, you know, I'm still beating you by a little bit because because of the win. But, you know, we're pretty close. We got to get better though. Can't keep putting up L's like this. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, it makes um, me look bad. Anyway, 
What so, you got for bets this week? So my bets this week, I have two MMA bets, three football bets. So I didn't pick any NFL this week because I, I, I didn't even want to look at it after how bad of a picking schedule I made last time. So I only did three UFC and two college bets. Okay. So my two UFC bets, I have Grant Dawson money line. He's minus 380, but I just need a dub right here. I feel So you. I got Grant Dawson. And then I have a little bit of underdog. I have uh, Murano beating Joaquin Buckley. I have his money line at plus 145. Nice. Uh, my first UFC bet is Bill Algeo or Algeo Moneyline. He's a slight favorite. I think it's uh, like minus, minus 140. I was going to say minus 140, minus 145. I think he's more poised. I think he's going to go and get the dub, like I said previously in the video, or the, the pod, I should say. I next have Felipe Linz. Felipe Linz Moneyline. He's a slight underdog, plus 125 here. I think him moving down from heavyweight a few fights ago and then now being 3-0 and at light heavyweight, being more comfortable at that weight is just going to give him more poise, create the victory path for him for this fight. And then third for UFC, I have Drew Dober, Ricky Glenn under. I just think this one's going to end in a quick knockout by Dober. But in the event that he gets caught, I put the under just to be a little bit more safe. So my, uh, my college bets, I have two college bets, one NFL. College bets have Washington State uh, money line plus 135. They're playing at UCLA. They're a better team. They're ranked 13. UCLA is not ranked. UCLA is pretty much only favorite because they're at home. I think Washington State, I like them. I think they get the dub. And then I have Alabama over Texas A&M. Alabama money line minus 135. I think that's great value for an Alabama money line. Yeah, that is. Um, my college bets... I didn't want to do it too much, but after LSU showed the showing they, they did, man, I'm picking Missouri covering six and a half. I still think LSU is going to win, but I don't think they win by much. I think it's going to be a close game, very high-scoring game because the lack of defense from LSU, but I do think Missouri is going to cover six and a half. And my last bet for the weekend, college football, everything, Wildcats versus Bulldogs over 47 and a half. I think we're pretty much certain that the Bulldogs are going to put up 28 to 35 points. It's going to be about the Wildcats finding a way to put up 14 to 21 of their own, you know, covering as much as they can of the deficit against the Bulldogs as they can. Yeah, my one NFL bet is the 49ers money line over the Cowboys minus 170. I think, that's, they, get, I think they get it done at home. I, I think so as well, but that's going to be a tough matchup. You know, great defenses with... Dallas hasn't had to use their offense as much, so it's going to kind of remain to be seen how they're going to click. So I like it. Yeah, I'm banking on Dak being Dak. Weird week in MMA news. Tony Ferguson not only is uh, scheduled to fight Patty Pimblett, after that, he said he has plans not of retiring, but after he said he beats Patty Pimblett, he wants to fight McGregor. Yeah, he said there's no... Uh, no end in sight. Yeah, he's not even thinking about retirement, according to him. Dude, that's just... I don't know. If Patty beats him, I want him to retire. I want, Or I want the UFC to, like, get rid of him. I don't want to see him lose anymore. I like Tony. I, I just... I don't know. What do you think? Oh, uh, I mean, if he wants to keep fighting and keep losing, let him be a punching bag and be a name on somebody's resume. That's his choice. Okay. Honestly. That, that, that's fair. Uh, I mean, that, that does kind of cover one of my questions. It was, when is, when is Tony Ferguson going to retire? Just because, you know, 0-6, that's unprecedented in the, in the UFC. I just don't think it's 
It doesn't mean you the same thing. You can't tell a fighter they need to retire, in my opinion. They're going to have to do it themselves. Yeah, but as Dana can stop letting him take damage, but to Dana's credit, it's a business. If Dana cut him, he would just go fight somewhere else right. the way he's talking. So. And he's going to make money, at least. Yeah, so. people will tune in to watch him fight. I just don't like seeing that those guys that are clearly out of their prime getting just ragdolled. Yeah, you know? it is. that's just part of the fight game. Right. Uh, so we have that Kazmat Kamaev, Hazmat Kamaev, uh, Paula Costa fight coming up. Hamzat Chamaev. I said those two back, the first syllable backwards on both of them. Uh, so the backup for that fight is Kamara Usman. I don't think that's a real uh, story. I saw that too. That's no way that's real. I saw, I saw the source and there was several things pointing at it. I don't know if it's, I mean. I just don't see why Kamara, there's no benefit from taking that. No. Why would he cut weight? No, that go it's it's just Abu Dhabi and do that. It's wild, but it made me look at the fight a little bit, dude. Those two fighters aren't talking shit or anything. They're talking a lot of shit. Where? Go look at their social medias. They've been I, talking shit for the past three months, dude. I was looking. I couldn't find anything within the past. They like, keep posting uh, all kind of crazy memes about each other. They're def- oh, they're talking a lot of shit. I guess the memes. I wasn't looking at the memes, but still, I don't know why Usman would would do that. I hope it's not real. Last we heard, he couldn't run, and everybody likes to just you know hate on him for losing one fight after dominating. Well, he lost two fights, but yeah, but it started with Edwards. It didn't start after the second one. Well, he, both of them were against Edwards. The knockout, you mean, is what I'm saying. So I don't know. Uh, lastly, Aljamain Sterling still just trying to talk shit. He won a grappling match last weekend, yeah, and then called out Sugar Tits or whatever. Sugar Tits. Dude, I don't even care about this dude anymore. I do like when he said he said this is WWE when Sean called out uh, Cheeto again, oh, and yeah. then Sean responded said uh, my right hand wasn't WWE <laughs> or something along those lines. Yeah, I like I like how clever he is with or if he's not if it's not him whoever's running his social media they're pretty it's clever. It's definitely Sean. Right? Um, but Aljamain's just so corny, you know. Like Marab, if he wasn't gonna fight you for the title, I don't think he deserves to fight. The next Sean, next for Sean against Sean O'Malley for the title. Cheeto's a fine replacement, a fine option. I mean, that's he lost the, to him. They have a storyline already, right? Like, I don't, I don't agree They're with both whatever. Popular fighters. Oof. Um. So yeah, Aljamain Sterling, corny as hell. Not a huge, not a huge fan of him personally, but I want Sugar Sean to hold. He's the a belt great for a fighter, while. but yeah, just stay off the mic. Yeah, that's that's probably it. Um. So, yeah, that pretty much covers up for the news. Outside of, like, all the crazy NFL teams playing terribly, uh, T. Higgins finally went out with a rib injury, so it at least gave him an excuse not to be there. Um, what else? Any, any other significant injuries we heard about in the NFL last week? Nothing that comes to mind. I saw Aaron Rodgers was, like, way ahead of schedule, already walk, walking like lightly with a – no cast, just lightly with crutches. Yeah, apparently he had some kind of uh, new surgery that's – well, Joe, semi-experimental, but Joe Rogan had like a cadaver graft on his, didn't he? At one point, so it's like a dead person's ACL, something like that. It was something called the uh, a bridge, uh, bridge gap, or and something and it's supposed like to that. make it even stronger once it heals. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's one of those things you gotta le- you gotta go to like Germany or some shit, Cambodia for or some crazy. Although place. I think he only went to L.A., but he went to some great doctor, you know. Yeah. So I mean, I guess the the current report is saying that he's trying to come back the end of the year if end they were like year, playoff ready i just don't see them being playoff ready or him coming back i could see him coming back just because it's aaron Rodgers, but they got to start winning some games if they want to be playoff ready last bit of nfl 
This is a mixture of news and question, and I think that's pretty much going to cover us for the day. John Jones's brother. Oof. Right, dude, that is wild. CTE's a motherfucker. Runs in the family with them two guys being crazy, getting arrested no, but in this Vegas. Is, this is way beyond John Jones. Anything John Jones has done. John Jones is fucked up when he's doing this. His brother is just crazy. I think he's just crazy, hitting the head too much. So I guess the question that we can just avoid altogether is does it run in the family? The craziness definitely runs in the family. Yeah, there's a little bit of craziness, but And I guess I would I guess you could argue if John Jones was in the NFL taking, you know, kind of hits that Chandler Jones has been taking for a few years, he might be the same kind of way. But, you know, that's not good for Chandler Jones talking all kind of crazy shit on Twitter or X, whatever you call it now. Then gets arrested. Then he gets arrested and then he gets He said Josh McDaniels killed Aaron Hernandez. Right. But Aaron Hernandez was his dude. Yeah, all kind of all kind of crazy stuff. A lot to unpack there. So that's pretty much going to cover everything for uh, Chandler Jones's career. I'm excited to see John Jones fight. Uh, get him another knockout in the UFC. Him versus Stipe coming up in November. Coming up in November. Can't wait. I think, and we have no more breaks for a little while with the UFC. Next several weeks of fights in a row. So back to normal. We'll be back at it. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of Split Decision. Check us out next week when we recap UFC Vegas 80. Take a look ahead to UFC Vegas 81, Yusef Barboza, and cover a little bit of football. The largest pumpkin ever recorded weighed 2,600 pounds.